Hey, Lead the Gen fam. Welcome to season two of the Student Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. We believe that Gen Z students can be incredible leaders in their homes, schools, and churches. And this podcast is all about helping you grow as a leader. Great student leadership is a result of having a great relationship with Jesus. So we also want to help you deepen your faith and understanding of God. If you love this podcast, please do us a favor and write a review and rate it on whatever platform you're listening from. And don't forget to hit subscribe. We'll be dropping new episodes several times a week throughout the school year. And be sure to share it with other amazing student leaders like yourself. This podcast is sponsored by our partner, WorldServe International. WorldServe is addressing the water crisis in Africa, where over 790 million people do not have access to clean drinking water. You and I can be part of solving this crisis. Go to WorldServeintl.org to get started. So get ready. The Student Leadership Podcast starts right now. Hey, students, welcome to the Student Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you have joined us again this week for another incredible incredible episode. Gil, what's up? How you doing? Good to see you. I'm doing excellent. I'm currently covered in paint, which you guys can't maybe even see, but it's all up my arms and stuff like that. So I'm doing outside of that. Yeah, Yeah. I'm doing good. And we're excited to have a special guest with us for this episode and another one, Spencer Speed, who is the district youth director in the North Texas district. I feel like that you guys are like your own nation, your own country down there, Spencer. Is this true? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty big place. Uh, I think we've we've thought about seceding multiple times. <laughs> I was actually, that was actually going to be my next question. Have you are you guys like still part of the union? You know, for all you students who yeah, don't know what we're talking about, now. go back and check. Right, but but Gil, help help the podcast fam get to know our guest. Yeah, so Spencer, we don't actually I don't actually know this about you. Maybe Aaron does, but I, I guess here's my preliminary question before the icebreaker question: Are you would you consider yourself like a handy guy? Like you can fix things and do that kind of stuff well. I am a very handy man. Yeah, my dad actually is uh, by trade a like craftsman, handyman, Mr. Fix-It, whatever. I worked uh, during my college days with him, and now my two-year-old son, if anything is broken in the house, no matter who's there, he says, Dad, 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 fix, Dad, fix. Oh, wow. Okay. uh, I wish I had that level of gifting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that it's a good fix, but like I've got super glue, I've got duct tape, (laughs) you can do a lot with that stuff. So I fixed G.I. Joe's broken leg the other day, so now we have a a disabled veteran in our house. (laughs) Okay, so here's here's the actual question then. That that gives some context. Uh, It would have been better if you were bad at that stuff, but maybe you'll still have some a good story here. But I'm currently doing a bunch of home improvement stuff, and I am not handy, and I've done a lot of things wrong. And I want to know, what is your worst home improvement gone wrong story? Oh my gosh. Or maybe like garage improvement or whatever it was, right? Can the disabled G.I. Joe vet, can he walk? Like, you know, it's like... (laughs) He's got that stiff limp going on, you know, like one leg stuck. And um, worst DIY uh, fix it would probably... I know exactly what it is, actually. Um, So my wife loves hot tea. She loves hot oatmeal. So uh, where where her parents live, they've got an instant hot water dispenser. It's pretty cool. It's like instantly 150 degree water coming out. And so she was like, I want this. So we... Uh, we uh, splurged, we bought this little thing. I, I installed it. It has like a little mini hot water heater under the sink. And so like I put all this together and she loves it. And then like two days later, our entire house gets flooded because one of the pipes busts on it. I don't know that it was my fault, but I 
can't say that I am not positive that it was, you know, it's one of those like, I don't know. So, but the good news is insurance covered all of the repairs and we got a better kitchen. So I think, you know, like end of the day I win, but uh, I'm pretty sure that was my fault. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Yeah. That's pretty bad. I haven't done anything that bad yet, but one day. One day, I just want to be good at fixing stuff. I'm just <laughs> terrible. I'm just terrible. I, th- I actually think my wife is probably better at fixing stuff than I am. Like, she's fixed our stove. Like, she goes online and orders parts, and, like, she wow. does the whole thing. And I'm just like, wow, I married up, like, way up. You're amazing. So, it's all <laughs> Impressive. good. Impressive. Yeah. Hey, Spencer, again, thanks for uh, jumping in, being a part of the podcast. Um, and I'm excited to talk leadership with you, talk discipleship with you. You have, uh, you know, a lot of experience uh, in working with students, working with youth pastors, and uh, so excited to just dive in with you wherever you want to take this conversation but um let let's go uh what's a leadership principle that you have for students that are listening today yeah absolutely uh one thing that we've been talking a lot about for the past probably like year uh in north texas in general is we want um the moments that we have to lead to movements. And so we talk about the moments that we have at camp and the moments that we, we have in those like big event things that that would lead to movements after that. And God just has put something on my heart recently that, that that's good, but we want moments with God to lead to the movements of God. Mm. Uh, and so that's, I think the principle that really has been resonating with me lately is how do we create this intimate relationship with God where we have multiple ongoing, consistent moments with him that would lead to his move, not to anything that we're trying to create or anything we can perceive on our own. Uh, but how do we have those moments that really lead us to what he's doing so we can jump on in, in and be a part of what, what he's doing in our schools, what he's doing in our lives and our families and our uh, workplaces, wherever you're at, that we're following the move of God and not the move of man. Yeah. Where, what was that? What was the moment where that kind of like, uh, I don't know, that idea became born? Like, was there a key moment that that happened? Was that like during fasting and prayer? Where did that like come from? Yeah, it actually was. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, um, we were doing uh, prayer and fasting just with our local church that we attend. And uh, there was this moment where I was just praying over some of the events that we are dreaming of for this year. And God said, like, that's a great thing that you guys have been praying that the movements that happen there. But have you been praying specifically for my move to happen there to lead to those movements? And it was just this like, gosh, why am I so dumb? How have I not been praying for that? I've just been praying after this thing, would you do something cool? Uh, but God's like, I've got something intentional that I want to do. And I want you to seek that to lead them to where I want to go. Yeah. I, I like, I like the idea just behind that because I think, I think typically this is what I, this is the trap I fall into as a youth pastor, right? Like our big events, we call it impact. We call it weekend. We we typically view that as kind of like the the marquee moment of the year, as far as like all of our energy and efforts, like let's build up and make this a really good, a really good experience for students. But really the, the, those experiences are not, shouldn't be the actual most important thing that happened. It should be all the things after that, right? Like it's, it's, it's supposed to continue on after that. It's supposed to lead to life change. It's supposed to lead to students getting released into leadership and serving and all those kinds of things. And I think I even just personally as a youth pastor have sometimes gotten lost in that sauce of like, oh, we just need weekend to be amazing and then it'll all be great. And it's like, (laughs) well, it's not, it's not really that big of a deal. The moment needs to lead to something more long-term yeah. and long-standing and, and stuff like that. But tell me, tell me a little bit about scripture here. Is there like a Bible story that comes to mind that reinforces this or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of, one of my favorite verses, uh, because it has so much uh, depth to it is in John 15. And most people have probably heard it. It's not one that's easily quoted because it's this like back and forth, but it's about, I am the, uh, God's talking about, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. Uh, he cuts off branches. He prunes the things that don't bear fruit while every branch 
branch that does bear fruit that he prunes. So it'll uh, give even more fruit. It'll be even more fruitful. Verse four, though, says, remain in me as I remain in you. And I love that. And that's one of those things where, where that moments with God, we have to realize that we've got to remain in God, that every moment that we live our life this way, that we abide in him, we rest in him, we live in him, we work in him, that everything hinges on being with him. Uh, and so it goes on to say, no branch can bear fruit by itself. And then verse five even says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing at all. So the greatest dreams we have, the greatest things that we could ever work towards or envision ourselves, would be useless if we don't have that true abiding in Jesus and trusting where he's leading us to. And so I love that he says, remain in me. The other translations say abide or stay or live in me. And uh, I think we, we see that in the scripture and realize we want to bear fruit as student leaders. We want to do great things but it requires first having moments with God. And, and that's the hard part. As much as we say as Christians, like, yeah, it's a, such a huge part of our life that we have our quiet times. We spend time reading and praying. Um, we don't always do it as disciplined or as consistently as we probably should. Um, and uh, students that are listening realize that as pastors, we have the same struggle. It doesn't become easy because you become a pastor. Uh, it's real life and it's hard work. And um, man, I would just say to that, like, it's not about feelings right? Like our feelings fail so often. I don't feel like reading the Bible or I didn't feel something when I read or I was praying. I didn't do that because our relationship with God, it requires as many choices as it does feelings that we choose to wake up and spend time with him, that we choose to make those right decisions. And as we make the right actions, it creates the right emotions and feelings that God is working in our heart. So as we remain in him, he creates something new in us so that we can move on to what God has created us to, that movement of God. Um, because re reality is you can't give what you don't possess, right? Mm. Yeah. And if we as student leaders want to learn how to give everything that God has given us to others, then we've got to be in him so that we can bear that fruit. Um, we want to be leaders with influence. And so we've got to make sure that we're not trying to use ours, but trying to hone in and use God's influence. That's one of my favorite passages of scriptures, John, John 15, those verses there, because it, it's, it's what you're saying, Spencer. It's just the constant reminder to stay close to Jesus, remain, abide, right? It's, a, it's about intimacy. Yeah. And from that foundation, everything else that happens in life is the result of that, right? Whatever yeah. fruit is produced in my life or through my life is ultimately the result of staying close to Jesus. And Gil, you, you mentioned this and Spencer, you as well, you talked about how it's easy in the youth ministry world to get really focused on the, the next event, oh, right? Yeah. The next like, mm, here we come. And, and, and I think it's, um, uh, me, I even remember like me uh, as a student growing up, it was like, it was like district winter camp, district youth convention, district youth camp, yeah. district back to school retreat. And I think for my generation, that kind of stuff worked, you know, there wasn't because there wasn't a lot of distractions in between those those events if, if they were a couple months apart. But, you know, now for students, those of you that are listening now, you're probably listening on your phone. They're probably distracted right they're now. Distracted right now right? There's so many things vying for your attention and all of those. Uh, all of those things can actually pull you away from intimacy with Christ and closeness with Christ, like what you're talking about, Spencer. So let's get practical here for a moment. Um, Spencer, how does this principle help a student grow in their faith? How does this principle help a student lead their generation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if we truly 
can do that idea of remaining in God, uh, letting him prune us. And let's that word prune, I know is kind of weird, right? Uh, prune means to kind of like trim up things, even if they are okay to make them better. And sometimes we think like when God prunes us, it's an attack of the enemy. Like, listen, sometimes some of the good stuff has to get clipped to be better. Uh, like if we can practically grow knowing that, all right, every day it's not going to be easier because of this, but I'm going to grow because of this. It's like lifting weights, right? It takes time to build muscles like that. And so, um, I mean, practically leading the generation, we pray. Step one, start yeah. praying. If you want to remain in God, start going, all right, God, remain in me. Start praying. Yeah. Listen to what he says. Begin to like observe, you know, meditate on it. God, all right, I think I hear you saying this. Adjust what in your life doesn't line up with it and then start obeying him. All right, mm-hmm. God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to abide in you. And as you speak to me, then I'm going to start walking in the move that you have. As you start opening up my eyes, then I'm going to start seeing students differently. Um, because if, if he's not intimately known, he can't be accurately shown. Uh, so we've got to like know him so well that it just, it, it begins to uh, almost drip off of us and people go, oh, well, that looks different. That Oh, you you act different and you say things different. Oh, you notice that about me? And we start seeing that because God's opening our eyes to what he's doing instead of us trying to make it on our own. And so, uh, man, practically, I would say that we're also called to do it together, right? Mm-hmm. Like accountability is huge, 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 huge. How do we uh, abide together? How do we get with some friends and, and really talk about the things that are helping us grow or the things that we're struggling with? Um, because lots of times for me, I almost just need to tell a friend, Hey, I feel like God said this so that they can keep me accountable. Right. Cause if not, then it's like, it's just me and him. And sometimes we're like, ah, maybe that wasn't God. That was the Taco Bell I had last night or something right. like that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like, uh, I, I want to grow in my faith in that way. So I need to be challenged by people that'll hold me accountable to do that. Yeah. I, I like the things that you're suggesting here. They're all very like, uh, again, like they're very controllable. They're things, I think you said, how, how, I'm going to try to remember how you said it earlier. Like, uh, getting to know God is like as much choices as it is our emotions. And at yeah. least for me, I've always been more of an emotional guy. So it's very easy for me to emotionally get there, which is also probably, uh, the reason why it's also easy for me to emotionally leave there. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yes. it's, it's easy for me to then like, feel like, Oh, I'm just kind of distant. Am I even really remaining in God? But all of these things are just choices. And so maybe there's students out there who are just more, I don't know, more logically driven or something like that. Who are like, I am yeah. great with all of these things. But like, <laughs> I, at least for me, it's always my actions. It's always my choice to can be consistent with those things. Right. Like you said, with lifting yeah. weights, like just going to the gym, doesn't matter what yeah. you feel. It kind of just matters that you, and Gil, I'm seeing the difference. The, I, just, I just want you to know. <laughs> No, I'm seeing. Wow, <laughs> that is that is flattery. That is, I need to get. Yeah. Well, and, and I think this. I think lots of times we don't have this realization, and if we at least walk into the uh, this uh, arena with this mentality, uh, but spiritual feelings are a bonus, never a necessity. And if we walk in going, all right, I know I may not feel anything, but I know I'm connecting with the God that made me. I know I'm connecting with the one that created me for a purpose. And we just kind of gather those promises that God has already given us and say, all right, God, you've already you've already given me everything to feel good about. You've given me new mercy. All right, I feel good that I've got new mercy today. All right, you give me a hope and a future and a plan and a, uh, to prosper, right? Like those are the things that you can grab those feelings on. And then we start working and going, all right, God, now just speak to me. Because lots of times if we're expecting feelings and we truly have a good relationship with God, the feelings that we're going to have are probably uh, a little bit of pain as he's calling out and convicting us on the things that that he's saying, hey, if you want to be close to me, then you probably got to get rid of some of this. And so if you're relying on feelings and you have real intimate relationship with God, you better watch out because those feelings may not always be good feelings. They may be like, oh, that's that hurt a little bit. That's pruning. That's that's taking the stuff that doesn't need to be there so that God can take me to where he wants me to be. So, Spencer, you're, you're really addressing 
um, what I see as a real significant cultural issue that a lot of our young people are dealing with um, because because we're we have become a culture uh, that is it's all based on feelings, right? It's all based on how do I feel? It's all based on like you do you and follow your heart and my truth, your truth. And you know, all of that rhetoric um, and all of those euphemisms that we throw around. And it's all really based on this idea of needing to feel something. So speak to that issue um, for a moment um, specifically to, you know, the student who's a follower of Christ, who, who wants to be an influence in their school, in their church, in their youth ministry, in their home, even on their, on their sports team. But they're wrestling with like, man, I'm not always feeling it. And I'm having a hard time pushing myself through um, the moments when I don't feel it. What, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think uh, I heard someone say this, that feelings are the facts of the 21st century. I don't know who said that, but it's so real that that we've started to make anything that we feel become real. Um, and we've we've no longer filtered feelings through the word of God. We've kind of done it the other way. I, I, I feel like this. And if God's word doesn't line up to it, then, you know, God's word must not be right. That's how culture has kind of taken it. And so we've got to realize um, that if we abide in him, if we really seek to grow in our knowledge of God, and I know those are kind of abide is a big fancy word, whatever. If we have a true relationship with God, then he's going to begin to pour into us and open up our eyes to see like he sees in a new way where where it's almost more enjoyable to do it than it is to not. And so when you're fighting that, when you're wrestling that, you're going, oh, okay." like as you flex a faith muscle, God's going, yep, you see, you walked out in that. And here's what happened. Um, I remember hearing a story about one of our uh, one of our friends who uh, had a. had just gotten a brand new pair of shoes. You guys know the sneaker game is like so strong right now, right? Mm-hmm. And so he just got some shoes on the drop and uh, he had them in his car, was about to wear them for the very first day. He was about to, he's walking into Walmart and he saw a homeless man right outside with no shoes. And he said, I had been praying all the way in the car, you know, like it'd been the beginning of the year. So I was like gearing up and I was just so in tune. I feel like with God for the first time in a long time. And as he walked up and he saw the man without shoes, he said, all right, God, I, I feel like you're telling me he looks at, hey, man, what's going on? Do you have a pair of shoes? No, I don't have any shoes. And he he asked a question they didn't want to ask. He goes, what size do you wear? Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> and, you, and, and you're you like know, hoping you, you're hoping it's like four sizes yes. off. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know what he said, the exact size. He goes to his car. He walks back, gives him these brand new sneakers, goes to the store, comes back in his car. He gets in the car and he said he was mad. He was mad. He was, <laughs> oh, gosh. And then he paused for a second and he said, thank you, God. I know that you just spoke to me and I was obedient. And he said, there was this peace that filled him. Right. And there was this thing of like, all right, God, I know I'm being obedient to you. Uh, One of the things I say lots of times when we're talking about just like sacrificing and giving up things is, is obedience um, to God enough of a reward for the sacrifice that you make to yourself. Hmm. Is your obedience to God enough reward? God, I'm just happy that I was obedient to you because when we're in God's will, when we're like abiding in him, being close to him, he leads us to the places and we get to see people's lives change because of it. And so there are times where you're not going to feel it. There's times when you're scared and when you're nervous uh, to to step out and do what God's called you to. Can I tell you, the more you do it, the stronger that muscle gets and the more excited you get because God shows himself faithful in those moments. And so you get excited because you start seeing people's life change, even if it's just one of those, hey, man, I feel like God's telling me I, uh, you need somebody to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And they're like, oh, wow. And all of a sudden they drop this big bomb and you're like, dang, I just got used by God. That was so cool. Right. It's because you're in tune with him. So as he speaks, you're hearing it and you're operating out of obedience with God. Um, 
it, no longer are we seeking what what we can get out of these situations, but God's will uh, for every person around us. That's what true leadership and leading the generation looks like is no longer about me because that's the culture issue we face. Uh, there's this this uh, acronym WIFM, what's in it for me? And it's what our world lives on right now. What can I get out of this? And if Christians don't lose this mindset, Christianity will be lost. What's in it for me? It's no longer about me. It's no longer how I feel or what I can get out of it. It's about what God can do through me. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I'm going to expand on something you said there. Cause I, I loved the way that you phrased it. Like you were talking about obedience and like when, when that student obeyed, there was like, obviously he was upset, but then he yeah. like, when he like, you know, thanked God, I was like, all right, God, thank you for this opportunity. There was like a sense of pleasure. Like he sensed like, yes. oh, God's in this moment and God's actually here. I think, I think sometimes, at least as a student and even sometimes as an adult, if I'm being honest, obedience is typically like something I associate with like 1984, like big brother, like obey the government or obey the authorities or obey the this and that. And it's usually, uh, I don't know, more oppressive and it feels like more just to pull you in line and like keep you from good things. Do you know what I mean? Or right. keep you from what yeah. you want to do. And in some sense, obviously you're kind of denying yourself because you're obeying someone else outside of you. But when it, when it comes to God, God doesn't just like get you to obey for the sake of like making you feel like crap. But like when we, when we do that, there is something that's kind of underrated and understated. Like God's actually like pleased with that. And he will, he will make it known to you that he's pleased with you. And that yes. feeling specifically when you've obeyed God and like you can sense him saying like, good job. I'm proud of you, man. That is, that is the the spiritual high. I feel like I, I yeah. want to taste, you know what I mean? Like it actually, it makes it, it makes a difference. Well, and we can go full circle. You talked about fixing stuff at the beginning, man. When you can come in and fix someone's issue, you feel good about yourself no matter what, if it's spiritual, if it's like, uh, I help somebody that never changed oil, change their oil yesterday. And they're like, Oh my gosh, this was so cool. It's so easy. Like, right. And you feel like, yeah, I helped you. God is the creator of heavens and earth. He holds the universe in his hand. He designed each and every one of us for his will, which means we get to be a part of the plan of the God that created everything. How cool that we get to help do his work. I'm, I'm humbled by that. God wants to use me, man. I, I stink <laughs> I mess up all the time. Right. But God wants to use me. How cool. What a great opportunity. And then when he does, it's just like, Oh, I helped somebody. And I was a part of God's plan for the whole creation. So cool to me. So Spencer, I just want to say you, um, you just made one of Gil's dreams come true. Anytime Gil's icebreaker ties, turns, in, ties later on. in later on and it becomes spiritual. Mm, Talk about all the feels right I, there, Gil. I tried like, to do it once. All the feels right now. I tried to do it once with like MLM, like multi-level marketing <laughs> stuff, and it did not work. But this one I feel like did. So thank the, you for that. This it's one good. really yeah. works. So you, you uh, have really made Gil feel great. And that's that's <laughs> apparently the most important thing in, in society today is feeling great, right? That's great. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm listening to you talk, Spencer, and, and I'm thinking about the, the verse that the passage of scripture you referenced, John 15. And, and you, you said, and Gil, you just kind of dialed in on this as, as well, like that idea or that, that spiritual maturity moment in our lives where obedience in and of itself is the reward and yeah. how powerful that is. And when I read John 15, I want immediate fruit. I abided, like I got up this morning, I prayed, let me see the fruit later on that same day. But I think Jesus is 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 kind of using this illustration, this analogy to help us understand it's really long-term abiding and remaining in intimacy that he wants. And yeah. then ultimately that produces long-term fruit, right? Is that is that yeah. do you see it that way as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a, those moments with God is what creates the movement, not, not a movement singular, but like the movement of God as, is a progression that, that he's continually doing something in us that, that the newness that we get when we come to Christ is the beginning. And we grow that out as we mature in Christ, as we grow, um, and those faith muscles grow and that obedience muscle grows and our servanthood grows like every attribute that would be good fruit right our love for people grows uh go on and on and on the fruit of the spirit right this is what we want so yeah i 100 percent agree yeah well spencer thanks so much for being here today we are excited to have you back for a second episode uh here soon so students make sure you check uh both these out before you listen to our overtime podcasts um but thanks again for being here today Um, We hope this content has been helpful to you. If it has been, do us a favor, share it on social media, share it with your friends, tag us online. You can find us at LTG Conference and myself at Gilbo Swaggins. Uh, You can find me at Aaron Holt. Spencer, students want to reach out to you. Where can they uh, send you a message? At Spencer O. Speed. Spencer O. Speed. So good. So awesome. Hey, this has been great. Um, Students, man, you are called to lead your generation do it with passion for Christ. Do it with love for others. Do it with John 15 in mind, right? Stay close to Jesus as much as you possibly can. Yeah.